No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. What is God's attitude towards sinners? Today we see where he destroyed the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, but does that mean he doesn't love sinners? We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Genesis with chapter 19, right here on Simply the Bible. God was very merciful to Lot. By his own foolish choices, he was living in Sodom at the time of its destruction. But the Lord sent two angels to deliver Lot, his wife, and their two daughters. While they lingered, the angels took them by the hand and pulled them out of the city. We pick it up in Genesis 19:17. So it came to pass when they had brought them outside that the angels said, Escape for your life. Do not look behind you nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains lest you be destroyed. The angel gave them four instructions to ensure their safety. First, escape for your life. Lot had drug his feet getting out of Sodom, but they needed to run as fast as they could out of the plain if they were going to be saved. Second, don't look behind you. They needed to forget about Sodom and press on forward to what God was going to give them. Third, don't stay in the plain. Anything in the plain was subject to total annihilation. And fourth, flee to the mountains. Their only place of safety would be high above the fiery judgment below. Likewise, our place of safety is in seeking the higher ground of fellowship with God out of the plane of this world that is passing away. Verse 18, Then Lot said to them, Please know, my lords, indeed now your servant has found favor in your sight, and you have increased your mercy, which you have shown me by saving my life. But I cannot escape to the mountains, lest some evil overtake me and I die. See now this city is near enough to flee to, and it is a little one. Please let me escape there. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. And he said to him, See, I have favored you concerning this thing also, in that I will not overthrow this city for which you have spoken. Hurry, escape there, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Therefore the name of the city was called Zoar. Lot was always seeking the easier path, always looking for a compromise, something that wouldn't be so hard. Truly, if God had delivered Lot by the hand out of the fire, then he certainly would have helped him reach the mountains. We must remember that God's commandments are his enablements if we will simply trust in him. God would lift us up completely out of the danger zone. But the compromising heart still wants a little of this world. Referring to Zoar, Lot said, Is it not a little one? And Zoar means little. But like a little yeast leavens the whole loaf, so a little bit of this world's wickedness will soon corrupt. How gracious God was, however, to Lot. The angel permitted even this request. But God's permissive will is not necessarily his perfect will. God gives us instructions for good reason, either to protect us from harm or provide for us what is best. Verse 23. 
The sun had risen upon the earth when Lot entered Zoar. Then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. So he overthrew those cities, all the plain, all the inhabitants of the cities, and what grew on the ground. Brimstone is sulfur, and it is found in volcanic regions as brittle crystalline stones. It burns readily in the air. In addition to destroying Sodom and Gomorrah, fire and brimstone are also the materials that will comprise the lake of fire, the place of everlasting torment. Why did God destroy Sodom? Was it for homosexuality, violence, abuse, lack of hospitality? In Ezekiel 16, God compared unfaithful Judah to her so-called sister Sodom. Look, this was the iniquity of your sister Sodom. She and her daughter had pride, fullness of food, and abundance of idleness. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. And they were haughty and committed abomination before me. Therefore, I took them away as I saw fit. Sodom was guilty of many sins, and certainly committing abomination would have included the sexual violence and immorality seen in the men of Sodom. We are told in Jude 7, As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Jude focuses on sexual immorality and going after strange flesh as the primary reasons that Sodom and Gomorrah suffered the vengeance of eternal fire. These cities are set forth in history as an example of how God will judge the wicked who commit the sins of Sodom and do not repent. Verse 26, But his wife looked back behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. Lot saved his life, but he lost his wife. This truly is a tragic story, is it not? The angels could take Lot's wife out of Sodom, but they couldn't take Sodom out of Lot's wife. She disobeyed the direct word of the angel, looked back towards Sodom, and became a pillar of salt. It is interesting that Jesus compared the days of Lot to the day when the Son of Man is revealed, that is, his second coming. In Luke 17, 28, we read, Likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day, he who is on the housetop and his goods are in the house, let him not come down to take them away. And likewise, the one who is in the field, let him not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life will preserve it. The moral of the story? Don't let your heart become so attached to this world that you can't let it go when the Lord calls you out. Remember Lot's wife. If you seek to hold on to your life in this world, to gratify the desires of your flesh, then you'll lose it. But if you're willing to lose your life in this world, then you will keep it for all eternity. Verse 27, 
And Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord. Then he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the plain. And he saw, and behold, the smoke of the land, which went up like the smoke of a furnace. They say that where there's smoke, there's fire. And Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he had met with the Lord and interceded for Sodom. But he saw the smoke rising from the plain like the smoke of a furnace. And in that moment, he would have known that God did not find ten righteous people living in the city. Verse 29, And it came to pass, when God destroyed the cities of the plain, that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow, when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had dwelt. God remembered Abraham's prayer. He couldn't save the city, but he did deliver Abraham's nephew, Lot, and his family. The remainder of this chapter is the sordid story of what happened to Lot after he escaped Sodom. Verse 30, Then Lot went up out of Zoar and dwelt in the mountains, and his two daughters were with him. For he was afraid to dwell in Zoar, and he and his two daughters dwelt in a cave. After convincing the angel to allow him to stay in Zoar, Lot became afraid and decided to dwell in a cave in the mountains rather than stay in the city. Sometimes after we get what we think we want, we later have second thoughts. Maybe the wickedness in Zoar was such that Lot feared that the Lord would destroy this city as well. Or maybe he feared the influence that the city would have on his two remaining daughters, and he didn't want to take any chances. Whatever it was, just think about this. Think about how much Lot lost. When he left Egypt, he had so many servants and livestock that he and Abraham had to part company. Now he had nothing, and he lived in a cave. How the love of this world had deceived him and ripped him off. Verse 31. Now the firstborn said to the younger, Our father is old, and there is no man on the earth to come in to us as is the custom of all the earth. Come, let us make our father drink wine, and we will lie with him that we may preserve the lineage of our father. So they made their father drink wine that night, and the firstborn went in and lay with her father, and he did not know when she lay down or when she arose. It happened on the next day, that the firstborn said to the younger, Indeed, I lay with my father last night. Let us make him drink wine tonight also. And you go in and lie with him, that we may preserve the lineage of our father. Then they made their father drink wine that night also. And the younger arose and lay with him. And he did not know when she lay down or when she arose. I really don't want to add any commentary to this sordid account, except to say that this is the last we see Lot in the scripture. He is made drunk by his daughters, and they conceive by their father. It is a tragic ending to a life that had such enormous potential. Lot was a family member and in close proximity to the friend of God and father of those who believe. Yet he moved away from the father's house. Lot's story is like that of the prodigal son, except we have no record that Lot ever came home to a joyous celebration with his father. Verse 36, Thus, both the daughters of Lot were with child by their father. 
The firstborn bore a son and called his name Moab. He is the father of the Moabites to this day. And the younger, she also bore a son and called his name Ben-Ami. He is the father of the people of Ammon to this day. This explains the origin of the Moabites and the Ammonites who became enemies of Israel. And yet, a certain Moabitess named Ruth would marry a Jew named Boaz. She would be the great-grandmother of David and the ancestor of Jesus Christ. And once again, we see that where sin abounds, grace much more abounds, and mercy triumphs over judgment. What would the attitude of Jesus be toward the people of Sodom and Gomorrah? While he would not approve of their sinful and self-destructive practices, Jesus was known as a friend of prostitutes, tax collectors, and sinners. He came not to condemn the world, but to seek and to save what is lost. For those of us who know him, God has called us to be like the two angels and pulled the lots of this world out of the fire. May God help us to have the heart of Jesus. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at Pepperidge Elementary School in Boise. To listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings, or if you'd like to find out more about the church, go by their website. It's at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. You'll also find an email address, and we'd love to hear from you. Have you ever repeated the same mistake? Well, I'm sure we all have. Tomorrow we'll see where Abraham failed the same test two times. But through it all, God was working in Abraham's life. We hope you'll join us as we continue through the book of Genesis, right here on Simply the Bible.